Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. I have been fed, that's a fact. I have been fed, that's a fact. My credit card purchases get me cash back. My credit card purchases get me cash back. No one else gets these rewards. Sergeant, that is just plain untrue. What in tarnation? Sir, PenFed's PowerCash Rewards Card isn't just for military members. Anyone can get cash back on all purchases. Ah, friggins! You've ruined my favorite song. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash PowerCash. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Welcome, everybody. It's Eddie Trunk, and it's time for another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which is new every Thursday via podcastone.com, Apple Podcast, and of course, now available free on Spotify. Don't even need to be a subscriber to Spotify. You can listen that way. Many ways to get this podcast each and every week. Thank you for doing so, and thank you for checking it out. It is greatly appreciated. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Ted Nugent last week. Always fun to talk to Uncle Ted. Get some uh, rock knowledge from him. He's uh, quite the historian when it comes to rock music and always fun, always brings the energy, always engaging to talk with. And it had been a little while, so it was good to have Ted on the show. And hope you enjoyed it. Now, of course, as I tell you all the time, the interviews you hear on this podcast every week, they originate on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, which is heard on Channel 106 live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 Eastern. And it replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern. And there are full shows available and interviews and audio and video on demand on the Sirius XM app. Although for the last almost two weeks, the show has not been live because I'm not able to do it live because I can't get a producer into the building of Sirius XM because of the pandemic we are all battling around the globe at the moment. So because of that, things are somewhat shut down in New York City. 
shut down at the Sirius XM headquarters, and I've been doing radio shows, if you are a regular listener, a variety of ways, but basically just me pumping stuff out as a one-way street and pre-recording the shows the night before they air live. As I said, it's normally a live show. And I have not been able to do interviews because of the pandemic and because of the reasons I just told you, not being able to have a producer in a studio. But I still have a few interviews, as they say, in the can that I plan on bringing you that I did just before everything went down and the world basically came to a screeching halt because of the coronavirus issue. And I'll bring you one of those interviews today. It's a great one with Dennis DeYoung, formerly, of course, of Sticks. But before I get to that, you know, just a few observations. And I certainly hope and send my well wishes to all of you guys. I really do. We are in uncharted waters. We are in unprecedented territory of what the world is experiencing in the battle against this global pandemic. And I truly hope everybody is doing all the right things and taking reasonable uh, precautions out there and being safe, the social distancing, all the things that we need to do. We are seeing an amazing amount of concerts and festivals postponed and or rescheduled. So needless to say, if you had tickets to a show coming up anywhere between, say, now and at this point, even into June, you should absolutely check to make sure those shows are still happening, to make sure they have not been canceled outright or, in fact, postponed, as many of them are. If there is a postponement, most artists, most promoters are doing the right thing and offering you, the fan, the option of a refund. To me, that is incredibly important that you are at least given that option. It is the only fair thing to do. When this whole coronavirus stuff finally does subside, there's going to be a lot of people hurting for money. There's going to be a lot of people in a lot worse financial situation than they may have been when they bought those tickets. And it is only right and only fair that they are given the option of a refund if they would like one. And most responsible promoters are doing exactly that. Now, just before I started recording this show, what you're hearing, if you're listening on post day, we post new shows every Thursday. This episode and this open that I'm doing right now, I recorded on Monday night. So about three days ago, two and a half days ago. So I don't know what's changed since then, because obviously every day there's different news and different developments. So check your listings and see what's going on. But I can tell you this, as of the time that I'm recording this on Monday, the 23rd day of March, earlier today, three major rock festivals were outright canceled, including Sonic Temple, Welcome to Rockville, and Epicenter. These were massive multi-day rock festivals that featured Metallica as a headliner, and they are outright canceled. They took up the first three weekends of May. So there is stuff going down everywhere related to this. Every day we're hearing of cancellations or postponements. So very important to see what's going on. And the problem and the challenge I think with even the promoters who are trying to make these tough decisions is they don't know 
when business will be back to you uh, to, to to normal. They don't know. They don't know when these restri- restrictions are going to ease up. Nobody knows what to predict here. It's kind of a day-to-day, week-to-week sort of deal. I'm very closely hoping that and watching that Rocklahoma takes place, which is Memorial Weekend that I host in prior Oklahoma, waiting for the promoters to make a decision on that. Now, we're still a couple months away from that, so I think it's safe to wait a couple more weeks before they make a final decision. Because you also don't want to jump the gun prematurely on this stuff either. And of course, if that does get changed, I certainly hope it's a postponement and moved instead of an outright cancellation, because it's something I really enjoy doing every year and enjoy hosting. At the time I'm doing this, I have not gotten word yet, and there's been no announcement on the status of M3, which is the 80s-themed rock festival that happens in Maryland that this year expanded out to three days. That's the first weekend of May. I think the odds of that happening are incredibly remote, although they have yet to cancel that at the time I'm recording this. But Danny Wimmer Presents, who does massive rock festivals in America, has had a tough year. They lost Metallica on a couple scheduled festivals because of James Hetfield's rehab, and now three enormous festivals outright canceled due to the coronavirus, and they are doing the right thing in offering the option of a refund. So the good news is this will clear. The good news is we will at some point get back to normal. And if you are a music junkie and you do have money, the good news is you will have more concerts to choose from than you could ever imagine the back end of this year. The bad news is we have to weather the storm right now. If you want daily updates, daily information on everything going on in rock, again, be sure to listen to Trunk Nation every day on volume, Sirius XM Channel 106. Follow me on social media, at Eddie Trunk, on Twitter, Instagram, and a fan page on Facebook, and, of course, eddietrunk.com, which is the official online home. And again, if you have the SiriusXM app, I understand a lot of people are not at the moment traveling and in their cars with their normal work schedules and routines. You can still listen to the show via the app, which is included in most of the subscription packages that SiriusXM offers. But it is crazy times, my friends. It really is. And I hope you are all being safe and we get back to normal very, very soon. Coming up. Our interview this week, my interview this week, is with Dennis DeYoung. Dennis is, of course, the former lead singer, keyboard player of the band Styx. He's a big part of uh, many of that band's biggest hits. He has not been in the band now for quite a while. As Styx continues on without him, as they have for many, many years. And Dennis DeYoung continues to work as a solo artist. Now, Dennis is a guy who just had the release date of his record that you're about to hear him talk about pushed back because that's another thing that the coronavirus is impacting, and that is release dates of records because nobody wants to put out a record of new music 
without the proper platforms available to them to promote it, without the proper distribution networks being set up for the physical aspects of it, meaning CD and LP. Amazon announced that it's not going to be fulfilling some orders for CDs and albums at the moment because they're dedicating their resources to filling orders for more important things like supplies and things for the medical community, which is understandable. So this thing's having a ripple effect everywhere, even to the point of distribution of records and release dates of records. It really makes no sense if you're an artist about to put out a record when you can't tour, you can't play live, you can't visit radio stations, you can't do late night TV, your management, your press, your marketing, for the most part, likely checked out. So you're seeing a lot of releases get pushed back. Dennis DeYoung came on this show before, of course, any of that happened. This interview you're about to hear was done about two, two and a half weeks ago. I don't know Dennis that well. I've had him on the show a couple times in the past, though, and he's always really entertaining. He really is. And it's very, very cool always for me to hear somebody that's so unbelievably open and honest and transparent about the viability of his music, about where he's at in his career about his desire to go back to his former band. We touch on all of that in this interview with Dennis DeYoung that you are about to hear. So we'll get into it here in just a second. Really not a whole heck of a lot more to tell you at the top of the show, uh, given that the only news that we have is about cancellations and about the virus because of what's going on in this current climate. So stay safe, stay healthy, wash those hands, socially distance yourself. Stay in lockdown. If you can just suck it up for maybe another week or two more, we can maybe get through this a lot quicker than people are predicting. Who knows? I'll uh, do my best to keep you posted daily on the radio and, of course, weekly here on the podcast. We'll come back and talk to Dennis DeYoung next. Survivor Season 40 is here with 20 past champions returning for winners at war. Survivor fans know that this is the best Survivor season in years, and we're breaking it all down after each episode on Rob Has a Podcast. I'm two-time Survivor Rob Sestrino, host of Rob Has a Podcast, and we've got recaps, interviews with your favorite former players, and a community of Survivor fans from all around the world. So come check out Rob Has a Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Podcast One app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody, to this week's podcast. It is Eddie Trunk. And as I mentioned, this week, the interview for uh, for you guys is with Dennis DeYoung, formerly of Styx. It was a fun conversation, and here's how it went. Dennis, how are you? Eddie, I want you to be, I want, I want to put your mind at rest as we do this interview. I've just had my hazmat suit cleaned and pressed, <laughs> and I'm doing it with it on, so don't tell out your staff, your producer, the girl that runs and gets coffee, or the guy. Everything is fine. Hey, you know, Dennis, some of the outfits that you wore back in sticks back in the day and the band wore, you could probably uh, you could probably rock that look once again and get away with it and say it was for, uh, for, for reasons of the virus. As I look at those outfits, Eddie... I tell all these young people who have tattoos everywhere, your future awaits you. <laughs> exactly. Kilroy you'll, was here, right? <laughs> you'll look back and say, that was a bad choice. <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you what, there's just, there's just one. Uh, back in the day, our manager was such a, a goof. 
He never wanted us to do any videotaping of any nature. This is a fact. And he didn't want us to talk to the press. This is a fact. But there, there is a video. This is what happens when you do this from Winterland. And I'm up there with an outfit that I wore for like about uh, three weeks. The worst one I ever chose because the, the, the top Eddie looks like a woman's blouse. Swear to God. I think I might have got it at Lane Bryant. Who remembers? <laughs> yeah, but Dennis, you and Sticks at that time, far, far, far from the only people in music, whether it be 70s, 80s, whatever, who have had some, some fashion moments, let's just say. I, I went back. I did a thing on my Facebook a couple of years ago where I took all the people from that era, like the 70s, it was like Lindsey Buckingham, it was me, it was Greg Raleigh, it was one of the guys, you know, Hall and Oates, Oates rather than all the dark haired guys, Cat Stevens, all the, Paul McCartney, all of us with dark hair and the beard, and I put them all in a row in a picture. We all look like the same person, and I blame Paul <laughs> McCartney. Paul McCartney grew a beard for Let It Be, and all of us mooks took a look at that picture and said, got to get a beard. This is what happens. Well, there's worse things than being there's worse things than being say saying you were influenced in any way by a Beatle, certainly Paul McCartney. No, but I'm thinking to myself now I found out he did it because he had a motorcycle accident and he split his lip. It wasn't a fashion oh. statement. It was a cover up and here I am looking like, you know, I'll tell you, I had this full beard and this this crazy hair, and one day I saw this picture of me in St. Louis in the newspaper. I took one look at it and I said I look like Charles Manson. I got a shave, so I did. <laughs> you know, you. It's interesting you say that about your your previous manager in Sticks because I was just talking on the air the other day. I I watched a documentary on Peter Grant, Led Zeppelin's manager, and he instituted a policy with them: uh, no press, no videos at the time, and also he wouldn't allow the label Atlantic Records to release singles of any of their music. So maybe your manager took a little bit of a, a cue from, from Peter Grant back in the day. Maybe that was the influence on him. Yeah, he was English, our manager. And listen to this. Good for Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin and Sticks, not the same league. Guys right. like the, guys, the guys in Sticks, we, as you can tell, we were funny, silly, happy-go-lucky guys and easy to talk to. And um, I didn't have to stand there and pose like Robert Plant did. You know what I mean? With a bag of quarters in his pants. Just kidding me. Just kidding me. Uh, so, but, the, but, the thing, but the thing of it is, um, we had something to say. A lot, of our, a lot of Sticks music was making public commentary and social commentary all the time. And it was important for us to have the opportunity to articulate it. Well, and you did it well. You certainly did for many, many years when you were a member of that band. I got to tell you, man, I had a chance to listen to some of this record you have coming out called 26 East Volume 1. And I, I got to say, if you, if anybody out there listening is and was a Styx fan, I mean, you've made a really great sounding record here, Dennis. Tell us a, a little bit about putting this one together. Well, thank you very much. I'll see everybody. I can't, I can't beat Eddie on that one. Nothing I can add. What am I going to say? What am I going to argue with you? Come on, Eddie. All right, so here it is. <clears throat> um, I, I didn't want to make any more records, but the guy at Frontiers Records, Serafino, um, he kept offering me a, a, a record deal. And then Peterick, you know Jim Peterick? Yes. Uh, you know, from, from Survivor. 
he's my neighbor. He lives literally three blocks from me. He kept great songwriter wrote wrote Eye of the Tiger for people that don't know. And we I had Jim on this show, I believe. Yeah, I had Jim on the show not too long ago because he put a record out of his own not too long ago. Right. Don't believe a word he says. Anyway, um, <clears throat> he kept calling me. He says, then we got to make this record. Come on, you got to make a record. The world needs your music. I said, have the world text me. I don't buy it. So but the Jim was persistent. God bless his heart. And he sent me a song finally. Uh, because look at Eddie, you need songs. You need great songs to make sure. albums. There's no other reason for it. And the concept, this is a concept album, in case you didn't get it. And the concept was, don't suck. That was it. <laughs> a concept all people making records should stick by. If you And I told the president of the record, I said, listen, I can't make an album unless I know I can get some songs. What's the point? All you musicians out there listening... Do the world a favor. If you haven't got great songs, go back to Barber College. Seriously. Mm. Wait till you get some good songs together. Then you can put something together. But I was fearful that I had nothing left in me at this point in my life that was worthy of, uh, of strangers' attentions. And, and, I, and I suffered with that. And so Peter Rick sent me a song called Run for the Roses. It you know, was a, a sketch of a song. And I said, all right, Jim, you can convince me this is pretty, this is pretty effing great. So we sat down, we finished the song, and before I knew it, we had eight more written. We had two old farts from the south side of Chicago sitting in a room, same life experiences, and we got along perfectly. There was never an argument, never, not a, not a foul word between us. Uh, I know this is XM, but I don't think I should say it, but if I did something really great, he'd look at me and he'd go, F you. That's what I knew it was good. Wow. Okay. So, so let me ask you this. So for people that don't know, Jim Peter, a great songwriter, a member of Survivor, all of that. But you, both of you guys being from the same area in Chicago, didn't have any, uh, did you have a long friendship and a long history or did you just, just sort of connect now around this record? No, we knew each other, we knew each other for a long time, casually, you know, um, he, he and I, I sang a song on one of his records 15 years ago to love somebody. He just asked me to sing it. You know, he has guest vocalists come in on all his albums. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, and then we tried to sit down and write a song together from, uh, from what I say is bar one. Nobody has any prior ideas. We just sit down and it didn't go well. He'll tell you the same thing. This time, we brought in all our ideas that we had, you know, sitting around in the moldy old box in the corner demos we'd done, done songs we didn't finish. And we started listening to each other's work, and we went, I would go, hey, what's wrong with you? That's great. And then he would say, what's wrong with you? That's great on my stuff. And, and, and we just sat down, and we started fixing things, coming up with new ideas, new songs. And like I said, um, it's called Volume 1, pretentiously enough, because I wanted to make my last record, Eddie. Didn't want to do it anymore. Had my fill. And we ended up with like 18 songs. And the record company said, uh, too many. And I said, no kidding. I was going to win it with Down. And they said, we want them all. And we'll offer you a second album. And we'll stick half of them there and half of them on the second. I said, Eddie, I said, is there money involved? They said, yes. I said, okay. So, um, <laughs> so, so the deal was I, I, I took the, you know, some songs and I put them on this one. And, and we had a bunch of songs written and, and, and it was uh, it was a joyful experience. And I hope 
that it comes out in the music. Because, kid, this is all I really do. If you think it's magic to be a rock musician or a, a person that's creative like this, this is how simple it is. You ready? I, I come up with some notes, right? I come up with some chords. Then I stick lyrics on them. That's all I'm doing. I'm not great in magic. And when, what I do is then is I give everybody, you know, I give everybody my point of view on things in the hopes that guys like you and gals and strangers will hear that and find themselves in my story, Eddie. That's all it is. You listen, you think that's not about him. That's about me. And that's and when you connect on that level, you've got it. So basically what you've done, Dennis, is you've made a double a double studio record. It's just going to come out in two different parts. Do you know how long before you release the second part? If it's a stiff, really quick. <laughs> if it does well, you got three, four singles, it'll come out next year sometime. Nah, pretty much. Look, it, it, we know this. We're in this business. There is no music business. No, you're Rock right. Music- Rock music as a business model is dead and has been dead for a long time. By which I mean, are people still trying to make rock music? Are there young bands who have this silly dream? There are and there is, but there's no radio for it. You're going to tell me the internet? The internet is the biggest Chinese menu in the world. You you don't know where to look there. Uh, You end up going, okay, I'll have chop suey in a spring roll. You don't know what to do. Radio was so vital, so important to people having some sort of editor, and they didn't always make the right choices, Eddie. You know that. But they would winnow out the bad stuff or the terrible stuff, and then you could go make a choice from a smaller menu. Now it's a free-for-all. It's a Wild West. And what really, how many really current rock stations are there? There's plenty of classic rock. But the classic. But they don't play new music. No, the classic rock people, you know what they tell you? The two most dreaded words in the world for classic rock fans are new music. So what, what are we supposed to do? But, you know, that's why I didn't want to make a, 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 an album. Because if I don't have a conduit, a serious conduit to reach people, why am I doing this? To prove I can do it? No, I know how to do it. I want as many people as possible to hear what I've done as as I can get. And it's not about money. I'm telling you, and it's not about money. No, I know. I got I know. money. I got money because I lived at the greatest time in history to be a musician. I was lucky by birth when music was central to all young people's lives. And they made us, guys like me, the grand illusion, guys like me, into these, these huge human beings in their, in their mind, into these superstars, as it were. Hey, deep inside, we're all the same, Eddie. We're just kids out here, you and me, looking for a pat on the head, some approval, and people to say, good job, buddy. We love you. Isn't that what Dennis, I'll I'll tell you what. As you're talking, I'm sitting here. You can't see me, but I'm shaking my head in agreement because when you say – I don't believe rock is dead overall, but I believe you couldn't have nailed it more and speaking exactly like I've spoken about – where new music sits today with, especially with classic artists and the challenges for it, because 
We all know everyone is going to push towards the pre-sale and push towards that first week number, and you'll have a few believers out there that'll play the track for a week or two. But the reality of having a long run in hit singles is is virtually extinct. But the thing that you you said that really resonated with me as somebody that's been in this now for geez almost forty years in radio, you you. The the gatekeepers are gone. The relationship people have with music, the specialness to it is gone, where it used to be like, man, that record's coming out. I, I grew up working in a record store, Dennis. People would line up outside waiting for that big record. I grew up working in radio. It was a big deal when you put that song on the air. You were giving people direction. Now... Anybody can make music. Any guy, anybody can put out a record. There's very few really good A&R people that have the balls to say, hey, that's not good enough. Like you were saying earlier, go back and work on the songs. And as a result, you just got this glut of stuff and nothing ever really happens with it. And where I get super frustrated as a fan is when I listen to your record, uh, 26 East, your record that's coming out. There is some really good, credible, viable stuff being made by artists who have been around for a very long time like yourself, but it's immediately being discounted because you've had past success and been around. So I get totally where you're coming from. I'm 73. Eddie, I shouldn't be making records anymore. I get that. I used to tell that to the people who was trying to convince me to do this. I said, let the young people have a chance here, for God's sakes. And they said, no, 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 that we want your music because that's what they wanted. And I thought to myself, okay, I'll do it. We did it. There it is. I did it. Here's the good news. Peterick convinced me to do this record. Okay. And because of that, I got to do a duet with Julian Lennon. So that's Yeah, I saw he was on the record. He's on a track on the record. How did that come about? That's the single, Eddie. Pay it. It's great. They're playing it all over the country right now. Uh, exactly because I've said if there's a pandemic, I want to release an album in the middle of it. Anyway, um, so they're playing the song on all the Beatles channels. Your, your Beatles channel there is played two or three times. They're playing all over the country. They're, I got some actual radio airplay on the song. I didn't I'd expect that. It's a great song, kids. Go to YouTube or wherever you go. Uh, a fishnet, slapback. Yeah. I don't know this place. We'll give people a taste of the song, and I also want to play them a taste when, when I let you go. I will do it of um, of East of Midnight because that's the opening track that I like that one a lot too. But we'll we'll certainly do that and let people hear it on this show, no problem. But how did the connection with Julian Lennon come about? Did you know him? How did he become part of the record? Um, I'm making my last album. I wrote a song. It's going to be on Volume Two, which was a tribute to the guys who gave me everything in my life, which was the Beatles. I watched them. 2964 was the opening line of the song. And it was called Hello Goodbye, where I took a bunch of their lyrics, not lyrics, a bunch of their titles, and weaved them into a story that told how much of an effect the Beatles had on me and on billions of others. And I I made the record. Many people, I I see it as a musical homage to those guys. Others might call it a (laughs) ripoff. Who knows? But here's what I did. It's two-part harmony, like John and Paul in the beginning, but I always sing together. And I said, okay, who can I get to sing this with me? And I started thinking of guys I know in the biz. And then I thought, I wonder if Julian Lennon would sing this with me. So I go compose this whole letter, this whole email. I'm going to press send, then I go, wait a minute. They'll crucify him for doing a song like this. I'm very much 
uh, an admirer of Julian's talent. When Volat was released, my Desert Moon was album was released at the same time, and it was all over the video shows, MTV, VH1. So I know him, and I think he is, he's a wonderful talent. I followed him. I bought that album. So I didn't do it. I went right to the piano, and I said, what would it be like if Julian and I were singing the song together? And I wrote to the good old days. I sent it to him, two verses and a chorus, just piano. Magically, I don't know the guy, never met him. He, he writes back, it'd be an honor to do it. We met in Brooklyn. He, he, he sang it. I came home. I sang to what he sang. There's the song. Can you imagine this? See, so wow. every, time, every time things go wrong in the universe, something will slip through that goes right. Well, it's good to know my buddy Adam Saltzman, who programs the uh, the Beatles channel here on Sirius XM, that he's on it because uh, that would be great for the Beatles fans to know about that and hear that. I'm sure they'd enjoy it. So it's good to hear he's playing it playing it there. Um, no, I talked but, but, to, I talked to Adam. He came out to a concert I played in I think Jersey or New York someplace um, this past year, and uh, I told him about the song. And he said, "Great." And then, do you know do you know uh, Chris Carter? Breakfast with the Beatles. Okay, no, okay. I know yeah. the name so, for sure, yeah. He's played it a couple of times. He loves it. So it's great. So the record is out on April 10th, 26 East, Volume 1. I love the album cover. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, Eddie, did you listen to With All Due Respect? The record? No, the second song on the album. They sent you the whole album, didn't they? Yeah, but I didn't listen. I didn't get through all the way through it. I listened to the exactly. Julian track. I listened to the opening track. I haven't had listen. time to listen to everything yet, but I will. I know. Listen, you must listen to with all due respect. You're going to laugh your your cojones off. It's going to rock your world, my friend. I know all right, all right. Guy. With all due respect, is a. It, you, I'm, I'm telling you, that's the one for me. And I told. I told the uh, the uh, the person promoting you guys, make sure Eddie hears that one. But anyway, okay. Well, I'll get there. I just got the full record like just before we went on the air. So I'll I'll when we get off, I'll spend some time with it and I'll definitely listen to the whole thing. But I I jumped around. I listened to some stuff. I wouldn't be saying it if I didn't feel it. I was like, wow, Dennis has made a hell of a record here, and uh, I'm excited for people to hear it. I mean, we we have a lot of people that are Sticks fans, fans of yours that call this show. And they should know about this record and, and should know that it's coming out and that it's a really, really good record, man. And I congratulate you on it. And I, I couldn't agree with you more about, you know, the difficulties out there in selling it. But who knows? Maybe Dennis DeYoung at 73 can buck the trend a little bit. Well, from your lips, I'm telling you. And have your, do me a favor. Have your producer uh, sample what you just said because I want to wake up to it every morning when I get up. <laughs> Hey, you said something a little while ago about your days and sticks and how you made your money and you got money. Not to not to get overly personal with you, but were were you uh, smart with your money when you made it back in the seventies? Did you invest? Did you hold on to it, or did you you know you hear so many of these guys that squandered it and did crazy stuff and bought crazy shit? Were you were you were you solid with it? Married with a kid before I had a record deal. I had responsibilities before I got a record deal. I'm the most conservative guy you'll ever meet. No, I was very careful with everything. Married to the same woman for 50 years. That's one way you lose your money, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, for have, sure. <laughs> have a couple divorces. See where that takes you. <laughs> True. Same woman, same children, love of my life, got lucky. Here's the best story. 2964. 
I don't like I, I, I want to hold your hand. I heard it on the radio. Beatles are coming to, eh, who cares? England, what's that? I don't like the song. So Sunday night, I'm supposed to go to the big Catholic high school dance. Hey, the chicks are there. That's where we're going. My best friend Dave said, we got to watch the Beatles. I said, why? I don't dig it. And he made me stay there. So I'm standing with my arms folded. You know how that goes, right? And suddenly he goes, close your eyes and I'll kiss. I went, it was like an epiphany. Mm. I looked at it. I sat down. And at that moment, I knew what it was going to do for the rest of my life. And then two weeks later at the same dance, right? I meet my wife. So in two weeks in 1964, my professional and my personal life were set. So I'm fine. No tag days for Dennis DeYoung. You know, nobody's going to be on the corner with lollipops saying, hey, can you give this guy some dough? He blew his money. <laughs> Not going to happen. Good, good, good. And how are the pipes holding up, man? Last few times I heard you sing, you still sounded great, but we see so many singers as they, they get up there in age, they start to lose something. They don't have the ability that they once had. They, you know, they have to maybe cheat a little bit here and there. How, how are you doing? How are you feeling? A couple, two, two, three things. Here we go. Welcome to the Grand Illusion. Lady, when you're with me, I'm smiling. All right. Answered all the questions right there, man. That says it all. That's on a cell phone. I'm sitting in my car. With no warm-up. Do you do a warm-up no. usually or no? Yeah, warm-ups for pussies. <laughs> it's so funny, man, because I've talked to so many singers over the years, and you'll hear, I'll talk to guys that'll do, I, they have a two-hour cool-up, cool-down routine, screaming into towels, doing all this stuff, and then there's guys like you. Ah, it's for pussies. I just go out and sing. I told them that cocaine and that in that whiskey would hurt them. <laughs> um, you you talked to any of the, uh, your old bandmates? Last time I had John, you were telling me you were very open and honest about the fact you'd love to go back one more time with Sticks. Any movement on that? Has there been any dialogue, or is it still quiet? I've done what I can do. They, the, Tommy and JY, and particularly JY, can uh, you know continue to uh, lead this crusade that somehow. Um. I'm a poo-poo face, and I ruined the band. Couldn't be further from the truth. I want to do one more tour. Not for me. I got more money than I need right now in my life. But for the fans, they deserve all the people who have heard about us and were never there. I want them to have one more, one more chance to see Molary and Curly on the same stage. That's it. Uh, they've been really resistant to the whole, team, whole thing. Remember, they... They basically replaced me when I was very sick. And, and the truth of the matter is, the fans deserve this. Anyone who's a real Sticks fan, a real Sticks fan, wants to see it. People will come out of the woodwork to see this one last time. That's what I want. But no, no contact, although I'm doing a video for To the Good Old Days. <clears throat> and for the first time in 20 years, I want Chuck Panazzo. I'm doing a video with home movies and old pictures to the good old days. And because the three guys that started this band, 26 East is the address of my parents' home in Chicago, where the band was formed in 1962 in the basement. So where it began, so shall it end. So I'm searching for all these 
photographs of the original three, the Panazzo brothers, Johnny and Chuck, and myself, to include in this video. But I had to get Chuck's permission. I emailed him for the first time, and he said absolutely. And I, and I thank him publicly and privately for allowing me to show those three guys. Without those three guys, there is no sticks. Because here's what happened. We got the gigs. Any guitar player who ever joined the three the three early MOOCs were joining a band that were already successful and had gigs. Every guitar player, including JC and especially JY, in 1970, JY's band had just imploded, right? They went their separate ways. JY was looking for gigs to make some money, and he came and joined our band. We had the gigs because, you know what, we were pleasers. You want to hear this song? Happy to do it. We're entertainers. We're not here to change the world. We're here to make you happy. He joined. And a year and a half later, we had a record deal. So I think it was a temporary thing for JY. He was just biding his time so we could start his own new band. But Tommy Shaw, he joins the band in the end of 1975 in November. We'd already had a gold album, a hit single. And we'd already recorded an album called Equinox that would go on to sell two and a half million copies. Every guitar player who ever joined this, joined, joined this band owes a debt, a debt of gratitude to John and Chuck Panasso and myself. That's why there are three locomotives on the album cover representing the three kids who started it all. I'll tell you what, Dennis, and I, I'm not, I, don't, I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I'll tell you this. One of the things that would help facilitate getting you guys on a stage together would be if the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ever got their heads out of their asses and put Sticks in where they deserve to be. I mean, I know that it bothers me. I know it bothers Sticks fans. I don't know how you feel about it, and if it, I'm, I doubt it keeps you up at night, but obviously it's 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 ridiculous that it ha you haven't come up on a ballot yet. But hopefully now that they've acknowledged Journey and some of these other bands of that era, maybe there's a chance that you guys will finally show up one of these years. It it looks there's it looks like there's been progress in the in the nominating department and a little bit in the voting department. But uh, you know, is that something that you think about? As Yul Brenner once said in the King and I, King and I, kiss a puzzlement to me. I don't get it. There was a time when the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, I just did an interview with, um, with 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 Rolling Stone magazine, Andy Green, and <clears throat> there was a time when I got it. Jan Wenner and his buddies, they went out and raised the money to start this thing. They took the risk. They went out. We're going to make a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So naturally. The guys who were, in, who were invested in the beginning, they had a particular point of view about music, the Rolling Stone mentality, okay? It didn't really include so many bands originally. Journey, forget about it. Sticks, are you kidding me? Boston, Foreigner, go on. The list goes forever. It didn't include any of us. Um, and so they're entitled to put they, who they want in there. It's their deal. But now in the last, like you said, in the last five years, all of our peers, so many of them, right? They're going in. I said, I don't, first of all, none of us know what the criteria is. It's whim. Nobody does. No, yeah. It's whim. They, all they have to do is change it to the Contemporary Hall of Fame, Music Hall of Fame. And then, nobody, and then everybody shuts up. Because if you ask 20 people what rock and roll is, you get 20 answers. Because you're defining something that's indefinable. And listen. I always say, people say, how come you're not in? I says, well, Leonard Cohen's got our spot. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Leonard Cohen, he's wonderful. Right? 
He's a great song. He's rock and roll. So, you, you know, there's that thing. But truthfully, uh, so many of our peers are in. I'm hoping that we get in. I got to feel like it's going to come around a little bit. I mean, still no foreigner, still no Boston, still no sticks, but we're starting to see, you know, finally Thin Lizzy was on there this year and uh, some other stuff. Uh, Pat Benatar finally showed up this year, even though she's not in yet, but she's just for what she did for women in rock, she should be, let alone all the great songs. So I got to feel like eventually it's going to come around where sticks is going to show up on there. And that would at least be the catalyst you would hope to, to get you guys all up on a stage together and see where it all leads but uh until that time we'll we'll you know hope and see how it all plays out last thing dennis uh are you going to tour on your own for this record i know you go out and do some shows from time to time do you have touring plans eddie i i tour 60 shows a year for the last 15 years i'm always out there i play weekends um it's amazing the people that come out to see me because listen i'm not even in the band i help make famous so i thank the people they come up to me and they'll thank me for the music I made and tell me stories about how it changed their life. Well, look, Eddie, I'm going to be honest with you. I was just trying to beat Queen and Foreigner back in the day. I, I didn't know that people in their 60s were going to be so moved by what Sticks did. I had no idea because, you know, you're just you're duking it out in the moment. But I, I'm the luckiest guy in the world to have had a career. So if, if any Sticks fans are out there listening, hey. I'm tipping my hat to you. Well, I'll tell you what, Dennis. It's always great to talk to you. I appreciate the time. And everybody check out Dennis's record. It's called 26 East, Volume 1. It is out everywhere on April 10th. And where should people go online to keep up with you and keep up with your dates and all that? Is it just your name, your website, or is it a Facebook? Where do you want to send people? My Facebook page is completely and totally controlled by me. There aren't no stooges. There are no bots doing that stuff. That's me. Everything I post, which means I don't post every day to go, oh, life's good. Like, forget that. When I got something <laughs> to say, which is about once a week, maybe, I write you a story. That's me talking. And I read every single one of them, as my wife says. He reads them to me every morning while we're waiting for his prune juice to work. <laughs> Dennis, I got to run. I appreciate the time. Good luck with the record. And we'll talk to you when Volume 2 comes out, if not sooner, right? Thank you, Eddie. I can't thank you enough for putting me on your radio show. And don't forget, Eddie, with all due respect, you're going to laugh. Going to laugh at what? You're going to laugh when you hear the song. Because when you get to the chorus, you're gonna, the first time you hear it, you're going to laugh. And, with and, what? And, Which song? With all due respect? I'm guaranteeing it. In right. fact, I'll have somebody send my, my, my email to you and you can go, Dennis, I laughed. All right, good. I'll definitely follow up with you for sure. Thanks, Eddie. Take care, Dennis. Thanks for the time. Bye-bye. Well, my thanks to Dennis DeYoung, formerly of Sticks. Great to talk to Dennis. Really a lot of fun. A very entertaining conversation. I really enjoy having him on. Hopefully one of these days we can get him in the studio, but it was good to spend some time with him. And that record that you just heard Dennis talk about, unfortunately, has been postponed the release date, as I was mentioning earlier, due to the coronavirus, but it will be coming out at a slightly later date, so keep an eye open for that. And I was very sincere about what I said. Having heard the record, if you are a fan of Sticks, there's nothing about that record you will not like. Of course, Sticks, Dennis's former band, recently had to cancel some shows. They are out there playing all the time, just like everybody, 
everybody, they are dealing with massive postponement issues, and hopefully everybody gets back into the swing of things very, very soon. Stay sane, everybody. Stay healthy. Stay connected with stay connected with me predominantly on Twitter, where I am most active at Eddie Trunk and Instagram as well at Eddie Trunk and EddieTrunk.com. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She produces the podcast for me every week. Remember, you can listen a multiple amount of ways. Podcast1.com, Apple Podcasts, and now totally free on Spotify. Be sure to subscribe, download, stream, favorite. (laughs) Do everything you can with this podcast, and I appreciate you checking it out around the world. It is uh, great to have you listening as always. I'll catch you next Thursday. Another all new episode. Have a great week. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.